Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we talk about preseason game two against the Miami Dolphins, and we take a few more of your voicemails. Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Blue Chew, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. For instance, you know, a lot of guys talk a big game, but if you're a one-and-done kind of guy, Blue Chew can even help you get to round number two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code Locked On. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to try Blue Chew for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Forfeit the game before somebody else takes you out of the frame. Put your name to shame, cover up your face. You can't run the race, the pace is too fast, you just won't last. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. David, welcome home. David, of course, spent the last week in beautiful, sunny Tampa, Florida, covering the Bucks during training camp as a member of Bucks Nation. Certainly appreciate all the work that you were putting out, buddy. And of course, you got to attend the game Let's go ahead and touch on that real quick before we get over to our voicemails, which of course pertain to the game, but a 16 to 14 victory for the Buccaneers in what was easily one of the ugliest games I have ever witnessed. But how was the view from up in the press box after you guys got out your squeegees and cleared away the rain and the fog? Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't pretty uh, to begin with. <laughs> and uh, I saw. Well, we all saw uh, Jenna Lane's tweet from, you know, the fishbowl. I'm not going to lie. Honestly, I had kind of, I had considered sending out a, a similar tweet myself. However, being kind of the the outside guy in the room, I didn't want to be the one to kind of stir the pot. So she, thankfully, she did it. And um, yeah, I followed up later with an update when the when the windows cleared out from the storm. I mean, the rain, there, it was raining, it was windy, you know, it was just, it was sloppy conditions, so it was sloppy play, it was, it was almost kind of to be expected, to be honest with you, um, so we're just kind of happy, everybody saw, I think, uh, the way that Rojo fielded the first kickoff wasn't pretty, the way Matt Gay kicked his first field goal wasn't pretty, so I think just getting off the field with minimal injuries, I know Dari had a, had a sore knee today, and uh, there's some other things going on, but for the most part, the team got out unscathed, and I think that's really the most important part of, of the whole thing. But then, yeah, then we got to see we had to see some some good stuff. You know, um, I know a lot of people 
one of the voicemails will kind of touch on this too, so we'll expand a little bit then. But you know, a lot of people are a little bit disappointed, I think, in in what the first team showed. But again, Bruce Arians kind of talked about it the entire week leading up to the game that they're getting so much work against the Dolphins uh, during the joint practices that it it may very well and it almost and it very it it definitely did impact the way they came out, especially with the first team guys uh, there during the game. Um, because I can tell you that during practices and stuff, they were definitely letting it loose a little bit more. They were definitely uh, there's a lot more crossing going on. There was a lot more variation in the formations, and um, I think fans had fans seen what they put on the practice field on game night, they would have been happy with what they saw, and they would have been satisfied with what they saw. But because the Bucks already had a chance to do that, they didn't feel the need to go out there and do that um, with the first team guys for good reason. There were more people there than I expected there to be, to be honest with you. So shout out to to all the people there in Tampa who who went to the game. It was a pretty good environment for the team to play in. But uh, I think it's I think it was a pretty good night. Yeah, and of course, uh, fan of the show and and a fan or somebody that we are a fan of, Leighton was there. Uh, unfortunately, you guys couldn't hook up. I saw him tweet about that. Uh, but yeah, it was it was cool to see that that he was there. And um, yeah, but back to back to the game. It, it was. It was not. It was not pretty. Uh, your your pick for your player to watch performed beautifully. Which one? Oh, the one that you picked at the end of of our preview episode was Dare, was it not? Oh, on the show. Yeah. No. So so Dare was in the five players' watch that I wrote for the site. I, I added oh, okay. Ryan Smith uh, at the end just because he had been having such a solid camp and solid practices and, and all that stuff. Like Dari is a guy I'm always going to be watching, but I think that after, after putting him in my players watch for two straight weeks, I don't think that, uh, that I can get away with it for a third week. I don't know that I put him in the players watch either way. I, I definitely went a different direction. I, I think it was Ryan Smith that I put out, um, there at the end of the episode. And I mean Ryan Flash here and there, you know what I mean. He 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 had a solid night. I mean, if a lot of times for defensive backs, if you come out of it without being a headline, that means you had a good night. You know. Yeah, I was gonna say that uh, that my player to to keep an eye on did uh, did not flash for the second week in a row. Getting a little concerned about our guy Sean Murphy Bunting. Well, but Sean Murphy Bunting though too, and and Bailey and I were talking about this actually as we left the stadium. Uh, as we happen to kind of cross paths with Sean, um, that again, I mean, he didn't. So he didn't make any plays. Like he didn't have an interception. He didn't, you know, have have a a touchdown breaking, you know, PBU or anything like that. But he also didn't have any glaring mistakes. That's true. And I say that with a caveat that I haven't watched the All Twenty Two. I just got home at one o'clock in the morning Sunday morning. Um, so I, I definitely took the day to kind of rest and recuperate and just be with my family. But and I, I will be watching the all twenty two, and there, I don't want to give it away too much. But there is a moment in the game that I wrote down. I have in my notebook to go back and watch to see because our guy might have made a, a very big mistake that Josh Rosen just basically didn't capitalize on. But until I have verification of that, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> yeah, he he definitely didn't have the uh, the Jamel Dean night where talk about some yeah. redemption. You drop a, a sure interception earlier in the game, then come back and intercept one in the end zone. It was a it was a beautiful play. Real quick before we jump over to these voicemails, because I don't want us to run out of time like we did on the last episode. Um, is this officially a Dare Agunbawale and Tanner Hudson stand podcast? I hate that phrase. So Do you? Much. I, 
Evan and I have been talking. I hate that phrase. Why? The, the phrase stand for I I don't know. It just bothers the hell out of me. I hate it. All right. Well, I'll I'll remember not to use it in the future. I truly did not know that it bothered you. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll rephrase. Is this officially a Dare Agunbawale and Tanner Hudson super fan podcast? I mean, I've always liked what Dare brought to the team. I've always been glad that he stuck around with the franchise. Uh, I always just kind of thought that, you know, given the right opportunities and the right kind of scheme and, and system and 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 all that, that he would he would be able to show a lot of potential. Uh, it, not quite as much like when Peyton Barber got drafted. I, I I flat out said that I thought Peyton Barber could one day be a starter for this team, but I, I don't see Dari never necessarily being a number a number one without injuries happening. Like a, he'll he'll never be a guy in my eyes who's going to just go and take the starting position, and that's fine. Um, he's always going to kind of carve out his role. But what we see now, what I think we see now, honestly, is a culmination of obviously experience and 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 all that, but opportunity and scheme like this. This system accentuates what Dari does better than the old systems uh, that he's been in, even though he's still been learning the game of football from a pro level uh, under those schemes. This scheme really just kind of accelerates everything. And then Tanner Hudson, um, talk again, another guy who was with the team last year and been through the practices, been through the training camp, been through you know the film sessions and all that stuff and been around uh, the, the team. And... Just this year, you're kind of seeing again the the kind of just the the product of all that all that hard work. Like Bruce has been saying, he's got a lot of work to do in the pass protection game, uh, the run blocking game. He's he's a he's a good receiver, but he's kind of like one of those tweeners. Like he's he's too slow as a receiver to be a wide receiver, but he doesn't block enough right now to be a reliable every down tight end. He's kind of like the Charles Sims of tight ends right now. Like if he's in the game, you know he's in there to run a route. That was so mean. It's not mean. It's just who, <laughs> it's just where he is right now. But I mean, but you think I mean honestly, man, like two years ago, I mean, would he? I mean, you know, athletes are confident, right? But most people, if you ask most of your draft experts and all that stuff, if two years from now is he going to be a preseason star? Two years from now, nobody would have told you yes. Huge testament to the work that he's done and, and what he's put in. And that he and how much he's taking advantage of this opportunity, because in mid July, everybody would have told you it's it's Howard Bray and Eau Claire, period. You know what I mean? Like the rest of them are just camp bodies, practice squad guys, and and so on and so forth. But now it's Howard Bray and Hudson, and there's some other talk even happening, which is in one of our voicemails. So I won't give that away until we get there. Um. So, so he's making huge strides. You know what I mean. So there's. So again, I don't. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but he's got to continue to improve. That's that's where like Charles Sims was in the league for years and years and years and never became anything more than a passing threat. Tanner Hudson's got to become more than a passing threat if he's going to continue to climb and continue to stick in the NFL. And that's all BA is saying. And that's and believe me, Hudson is not taking that as any type of slight. He's taking that as a challenge, and he's out there working on it. Just like during training, just like during the last week I was there, I mentioned in a couple of the episodes and some of the written pieces that Dare, I mean, you can just see the dude, like he's working on his pass pro every opportunity he has. He's working on his pass protection and you see it getting better. He missed a block. He missed a pickup in the Miami game. And I'm telling you, I saw him miss that same pickup multiple times during practice. And I felt, I felt really bad for him because I knew. Because I knew the aftermath, like I saw him miss it in practice, and I saw what he did to himself. I saw you know him go to the coaches, go to his teammates, and start working on it, stuff like that. And then I saw him come back later and pick it up 
And he did the same thing in, in the game. Like later on, he had another opportunity and he picked it up. But where Bruce is going to challenge him to get better, where his coaches are going to challenge him to get better is pick it up the first time. You know what I mean? Like get to the point where you don't need to get beat that first time to remember, oh yeah, get there faster. Because that's really all it is, is he's getting there too slow on that first pickup for some reason. I don't know what it is. Um, it's like after that first one, maybe there's like enough adrenaline getting shot in there that after that he's fine. But that it just seems to be like that first blitz pickup. He just he's always a little bit too slow on it right now. They'll get there. It wasn't an insult. I'm, uh, you know, I understand everything that you're saying, and I yeah. agree with it. But anytime someone is compared to Charles Sims, that's an insult, and it's hurtful, and it's mean, and it's just flat out unnecessary. All right, well, David, before we get too much deeper into mm-hmm. uh, into our our uh, our conversation on Tanner Hudson, we do have a voicemail about uh, said tight end that we did not get to last week. Fortunately, it still pertains because he was still a super stud on the field by and large, you know, not in all facets, as you explained. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump over to the voicemail so that we don't run out of time and, and have to cut one again. Hey guys, my name is Lane. I'm from the Tampa area. Uh, wanted to see your thoughts on something. If Tanner Hudson keeps emerging um, from the tight end position for death, um, I want to see what your guys' thoughts might be on trading Cameron Brake to another team to kind of free up cap space as well as maybe, you know, get another piece to help us on defense. Appreciate you guys, and uh, go Bucks. All right, well, thank you very much for the phone call. It's much appreciated. And, David, trading Cameron Brait is something that we have discussed quite a few times, not necessarily as proponents of it, more along the lines of this is a realistic possibility of something the Buccaneers could do something they can afford to do from a talent aspect because of how loaded the tight end position is and something they may look to do because of their financial situation. Now, having said all that, I would not trade Cameron Brait at this point just because of the emergence of Hudson, whether he continues to emerge or not. That is something I think the Buccaneers at, at, at this moment, they need to keep Howard and Bray for a few reasons. Number one, we like to talk about how deep uh, the, the Bucs are a wide receiver, which is, which is true. But, you know, every team, Bucs included, are always basically one injury away from a catastrophic derailment of their season. Being able to have a dual threat at tight end like Cameron Braid and OJ Howard is something that I think the Bucks desperately need for this year, especially when Bruce is talking about, you know, the only thing he's thinking about is playoffs. You know, this isn't rebuilding, this is reloading, all that stuff. You need as many weapons out there for Jameis as humanly possible. On top of that, I will fight to the death that O.J. Howard is an elite tight end in the NFL. The asterisk there is if he stays healthy. Now, O.J. has missed time in his first two NFL seasons, but they were to more of the fluky injuries rather than something that is kind of persistent and nagging. Like you take a look at at the Rams situation right now with Todd Gurley. Nobody knows what's going on with Todd Gurley's knee, and his knee is arthritic. This problem that he has is only going to continue to get worse. 
it's going to be a persistent year in and year out problem. With OJ Howard, it was a, a couple of fluky tackles where his ankle just kind of happened to bend the wrong way underneath the weight of another player. It's not something that's going to continue to to happen over and over and over. You you can go even further back and look at Percy Harvin. How many games was Percy Harvin inactive because of his migraines? His migraines were a persistent problem. We need to see OJ get all the way through the season healthy. I don't want to give up Brait and free up that cap space at this point in this season or this offseason just because it's really too late to do much with it. Let Brait go out there and have a good year, especially under this new offense. And then if Hudson continues to develop and continues to evolve, then you can look at moving on from Brait, freeing up that money, and Hudson can continue to come along and be the guy behind OJ Howard. I th- you know, I think Hudson's a long way away from that right now. But it's not out of the realm of possibility. I just say for 2019, leave it alone. Let's let's let the big four, Evans, Godwin, OJ, and Braid go out there and eat. If either Cameron Braid or Tanner Hudson gets traded, it's going to be Tanner Hudson getting right. traded, not Cameron Braid. And I'm not saying that Tanner Hudson is going to get traded, but we have to remember a lot of decisions are going to be made based off of what it is these coaches need these players to do. Blocking has been a very big focal point for this team. Uh, all training camp, going back from when Evan and Bailey were there, they were talking about it. When I was there, they were talking about it. We were talking about it. Um, blocking is a huge thing, and, and you hear Bruce Arians again. You know, Tanner Hudson comes up, and he says he's really happy for the kid for his you know huge performance. He's just got to get better at blocking. Like, that's – you hear him talking about Spencer Schnell. You know, what's what's going on with Spencer Schnell? Well, he's a great slot guy. He, you know, gets, gets free and stuff. But the kid can't block. Um, blocking is huge in, in this offense for every single position that's been that's not a secret um that that's not you know that's something that everybody's going to know coming into facing the buccaneers so that being said we know cam braid is not an all-world blocker but he's better he's a better blocker than tanner hudson is right now anthony Auclair is a better blocker than tanner hudson is right now i will tell you though that what so something that stood out to me is that tanner hudson it looked like now we didn't chart these because this isn't something that we came into the game looking for, but Bailey and I kind of started keeping a close eye on it. And it looked to, to me, to us that Tanner Hudson started getting more. I want to say more to me. I, I think I, I basically convinced Bailey that it was true um, <laughs> because I started, I started watching it a little bit more before we started talking about it, but then he kind of started watching it with me. And what we noticed is that with the second team offense, Tanner Hudson appeared. Okay. Again, we didn't count him. So I'm going to use the word appeared to be on the field more in single tight end formations than Auclair. And then when the third team was on the field, Auclair was on the field more in single tight end formations than Hudson, which to me means that Hudson's kind of looking like your second team tight end uh, and Auclair is looking like your third team tight end. And I say that because Cameron Bray, I mean, yeah, Cameron like when when Blaine Gabbert first came on the field, Cameron was the primary tight end. I got that. So, but I don't know, man, like, it, to me, Howard and Bray, they're like co-first team tight ends. Um, well, they're both listed as starters on the on yeah, the Buccaneers' so, initial depth chart. Right. But for anybody watching who said, well, Cam Bray was on the field when Blaine got – yeah, I got that. Um, but when it came time for the depth tight ends to get in, the, you're all Claire's and you're Hudson's, that's just kind of the way it looked, is that Hudson kind of took the reins as that first guy in after Bray. And then later on in the game, all Claire got a little bit more action with uh, Ryan Griffin and stuff until – Hudson and, and Griffin started connecting a lot. 
that's when we saw Griffin really start coming back. Like there was a couple series there where Hudson didn't even touch the field and Griffin was on the field. Um, so that to me is a little bit telling that that's your evidence right there that Hudson's climbing the depth chart. But it's possible just because of what this what this team needs. Like honestly, would you feel more comfortable with an extra offensive lineman or with Tanner Hudson as your third tight end? Like, what does this uh, team need more right now? A third tight well, end or another offensive lineman? That's that's tough though because it is tough. But it's, you, a, it's a question. If you're that talking the team has about if you're talking about your your depth chart at tight end only being three deep, uh-huh. then I say they need the third tight end. Yeah, but what I'm if, saying is, if you don't have Hudson, then you have All Claire to fill that third spot. Okay. So would you rather have All Claire and a offensive line depth piece that you could possibly get in a trade, or would you rather have Hudson and you're getting a waiver wire offensive lineman? Yeah, give me All Claire and offensive line depth, and that you know what I mean. And, I, and yeah, yeah, and that's a tough situation, especially when you talk about like fan favorites. Like Tanner Hudson has become a very fast fan favorite, and and I and I get that, and and you know I'm happy for him and everything else. But when you look at the entirety of the team, they have receiving talent. They like they don't have a problem with receivers right now. They have a problem with blocking, and they have a problem with blocking in depth. If if another team out there, because we see how tight ends are kind of catching on, especially receiving tight ends, they're they're, they're kind of sexy right now. So if there's a team out there with an excess of of depth talent in the offensive line, which there's not not a lot of across the league. But if there is a team out there who sees a guy like Tanner Hudson and says, hey, we need one of those types of guys. We're willing to give you, maybe even overpay a little bit on this experienced offensive lineman who we know has a little bit of talent, has so much level of talent. That is something the Buccaneers might entertain. I'm just saying they might. So while I don't, I'm not saying it's happening, like there's no rumbles that I've been hearing or that we've been hearing that I've seen like Greg Allman reporting that it could happen. I'm just saying that to this question, it's more likely Tanner Hudson gets traded than Cameron Brady. Before we move on to to the next voicemail, because we are going to end up running out of time if we keep going, all I'm going to say is if Cameron Brake gets traded, can it please be to a team that heavily targets the tight end? Cough, Patriots, cough. Some of us took Cameron Brake in the very final round of their fantasy draft today, and if he gets traded, they would like to see value returned on that, please. Yeah, good luck with that. Okay, next voicemail. Hey, this is Kevin from Orlando. Um, Wow, what a great game last night to the final end. It was uh, great to see Ryan Griffin do what he did with that final drive at the very end. And Matt Gay, wow, I am really impressed with that uh, long field goal that he he got there. I think I'm fast becoming a Matt Gay fan. If he can do that in the regular season, that would be wonderful. Um, I, it was rather hard to watch this game, though. I, um, you know, the the offensive play calling didn't make much sense. But then again, we saw how good the offense was back in the first game of the preseason. So I have no, I have every confidence out there. The offense will be great in the um, regular season. It was great to see contributors um, out there, such as uh, Tanner Hudson doing what he did with the with the touchdown and um, and. In, in catching for a whole bunch of yards and everything, and um, great defensive contributions from guys like um, Lucas Dennis and, um, and and players of that caliber. And um, it was really also great to see Jamal Dean step up and do what he did with that interception, and uh, to give to help 
with the Bucks getting the victory. So uh, overall, I'm very excited by what I saw, even though the offense looked lackluster. Uh, the penalties, the penalties also, too, decreased a whole bunch, and that was great to see, too. So getting excited for the regular season and look forward to seeing this team um, play, for, play for real and um, hopefully have a good season. All right. Thank you very much for the phone call. Appreciate it, David. This is a this is a conversation that that I want to touch on briefly now because that's all the time that we have. But I have a feeling we are going to get way more in depth on this in, in a future episode. And that is is Ryan Griffin going to force Blaine Gabbert off of this football team? At this point in my opinion, with the way that both of them have performed in the first two games, Ryan Griffin is winning the backup quarterback job. Now, will Bruce Arians trust Ryan Griffin to be the backup quarterback? I don't know. He brought in a quarterback that has played for him in the past for a reason. But Blaine Gabbard has not looked good. Granted, Blaine Gabbard has never looked good, but he especially has not looked better than Ryan Griffin thus far. Like I said, I'm sure it's it's a, a topic that we will get a little more in-depth on on a, on a future episode, probably coming up this week, hopefully, maybe. Um, but real quick overall, kind of what's your view on the, the backup quarterback competition here? My view of the backup quarterback competition is until I see Ryan Griffin playing between or behind the offensive line, the Blaine Gabbard is playing behind against the defensive Blaine Gabbard is playing against, uh, it's, 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 it's apples and oranges. Um, that's fair. Very fair. Because Blaine Gabbard is playing against a quote unquote second team offensive line that wouldn't be a third team offensive line on most teams to be to be quite brutally on and i had this conversation with a couple of people in the press box i'm not going to out them but believe me the there are enough people who agree yeah like blaine don't so i say that right blaine also has made some some bad plays like that's that's true too like both both are true at the same time blaine has not really played well when he's had the time to play, but he's also not really had a whole lot of time to play. Um, I saw one rep during the Dolphins game where he threw too low to Bobo Wilson. Mm-hmm. And I made a comment to somebody saying that it's really hard to throw too low to Bobo Wilson. You know what I mean? But he found a way to do it. Um, so th- there's moments like that where Gabbert has enough time to make a play, to make a read. And he, in that case, he made the right read. Like Bobo was coming free and probably would have taken a very short pass, a very good distance uh, down the field, but he, you know, he threw it at his feet instead of throwing it, you know, at his waist or, or higher even. So that is build up from playing behind the line he's playing against or playing with because so many snaps, man. Like by the time he even gets in rhythm to try to make a throw on time, he's under pressure or he's getting hit. Like and he knows it. You know what I mean? So when you have a quarterback who doesn't have any confidence in the line in front of him, he's always under pressure. So even when he looks clean, like that throw to Bobo. Like he looks clean. If you watch that play by itself, you're going, What is this guy doing? He's got a clean pocket. He's standing tall. Dude's wide open. Make the throw. Right. But here's the problem go back to the snaps before that. That's what's causing that issue is because he's immediately dropping back saying, Crap. You know what I mean? Um, by the time Ryan Griffin gets in there, now he's playing with some of the same offensive linemen, granted, but he's playing against a different defense. He's playing against third team defensive linemen who simply aren't getting home because. They're third team off defensive linemen for a reason, you know, and that's where some of these plays are happening. That's where some of these things are happening. Not to take stuff away from Griffin. I'm, I like Griffin. Uh, he's he's obviously made a very good career for himself as a backup quarterback. 
But before I'm going to say that he has unseated Blaine Gabbert, I want to see him actually unseat Blaine Gabbert, meaning I want to see him play with the second-team offense behind that offensive line against somebody's second-team defense before I start saying he's doing better because he's really just not competing against the same level of competition or with the same level of of teammates uh, at this point. That's just kind of the way I see that. Very fair. I I cannot disagree with a single thing that you said. I just really want Ryan Griffin to beat out Blaine Gabbert because I don't like Blaine Gabbert. Nothing. But you know what? Um, (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? Bruce talked about today. Like he was asked about the offensive line and kind of waiver wire and all that stuff. Players are going to get are going to get cut. You know Mm -hmm. who maybe could have made a roster, could make a roster. And again, and we see it every year where teams go to cut a player but they're like well let's see if we can get something anything a seventh rounder a sixth rounder a future sixth rounder let's see if we get something for this guy and it's quite possible i mean you look at a quarterback like ryan griffin i mean when he came to tampa from new orleans like saints fans were excited about ryan griffin as a future you know what his future held especially if you know like drew say he got he started getting hurt again or something like that you know saints fans liked ryan griffin you know from a from a potential standpoint and then he came over to the Buccaneers, and I think Buccaneers fans have really always kind of embraced him as a backup. You know, never want to see him on the field. You know what I mean? But we love you, dude. Like, that's pretty much how Buccaneers fans have looked at Ryan Griffin. Don't undersell those things. Like, the, the fact that you can have a guy in your quarterback room being, you know, kind of, you know, helping out with, with practice squad stuff or helping out with quarterback studying with your starter and, and has that veteran experience of being in the NFL for so long is valuable. So is it's possible that there's a team out there who would be willing to make a trade for again a young unproven offensive lineman that this staff feels like has more potential than maybe a Cole Boozer. You know what I mean? Um so, so it's made that value. So the fact that he is doing as well as he is, especially hooking up with guys like Tanner Hudson with a third team offense, could certainly bring value. But to me, a lot of time like with a lot of these conversations like Tanner Hudson over Cameron Brate, stuff like that, like until you start seeing Tanner Hudson taking first team reps. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a conversation that we need to have yet. Same thing. And so we see Ryan Griffin start taking second team reps. That's not a conversation we need to start having yet. Um, like, you look at uh, Raheem uh, Nunez Rochez, right? Uh, Nacho. That dude was taking first team reps Friday night. Like, he was on the field with the first team defense. Not every snap, but there were moments where you'd see him run on the field and he was one of the guys I kind of, I kind of identified to watch. That's a guy. So now when you're talking about, is he kind of a shoe in for that 53? Well, now you have evidence to say that you think he's a shoe in for the 53 because not only is he getting first-team reps, but he did well with those first-team reps. You know what I mean? So as long as he continues to do that, that's the evidence that you need. To me, the last time I'll say this, until Griffin starts taking second-team reps, uh, I can't say that he's overtaking Blaine Gabbert. All right. And, David, we will leave with this. What team makes an offer first for Cairo Santos, the Chicago Bears, the New York Jets? The Bears, the Bears. Matt, they Gay. have more. They have more reason to jump at a kicker. They have more of a chance in the postseason. That is very true. Shout out Alan Schechter and Tim Tebow. All right, David, that is going to do it for this episode. Uh, please make sure you're checking out everything David and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks at JRCO underscore Bucks at DH82 underscore Bucks and at Bucks underscore nation. Send us your voicemails to 813-444-5841. We cannot guarantee that we are going to get to all of them, but we will get to as many of them as humanly possible. Hope you all have a phenomenal Monday. 
to kick off your week. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks. Smile, smile.